Scripture reading today comes from Psalm 23 and then from Joshua 1.9. Listen now for the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The word of God for the people of God. God makes me lie down in green pastures. Gosh, that seemed really straightforward to me, just very straightforward. And so I sat down to, when I sit down to plan a couple months of sermons, I look for some supporting scriptures. I get you a picture for your study guide. I think about what are the key things I want to write about this. And I had an idea. And so I started to look for sheep lying down in a green pasture, a picture of that. Can't find that picture actually very easily. I looked, I scrolled. I could find one sheep laying down in a green pasture. I could find sheep laying in burned up land sometimes, but a whole flock of sheep bending their knees to rest in a green pasture is nearly impossible to find. I didn't know that. And so when I started interviewing shepherds, this was one of the questions I asked. Tell me when it is that your sheep lay down in green pastures during the day, not just at night, but when do they lay down in green pastures? And the shepherd said, that doesn't happen really. I said, well, how might it happen? What, why doesn't it happen? What would it take? And finally, one of them said to me, okay, a sheep laying down in the day would have to be content in a way no sheep in reality is actually content. He said, they would have to be totally free of fear, totally free of conflict with other sheep, and totally free of hunger. And no sheep is ever free of fear conflict and hunger, so they do not lay down during the day, right? I was like, wow, okay? That takes this verse from something that seems very straightforward to something that is suddenly miraculous for us. That God knows that sheep don't just lay down in green pastures, that it takes dedicated work by the shepherd to get them to a place that they are never going to get to on their own, which means they have to be free. We have to be free of fear, conflict, and hunger, which means God will set us free from those things so we can lay down in our green pastures. So we're going to start today by talking about the first way that God wants to set us free so that we can bend our knees and lay down, and that is to be free of fear. So I asked shepherds, what is it that scares sheep? Do y'all want to know the answer? Everything. Everything. One of my friends, my dear friends who helps Leah with her livestock was like, oh, Pastor Laura. He said, everything scares my sheep. He said, one, it can be a rabbit jumping out from a bush that they didn't expect. And the sheep will not only go, whoa, that's scary, but it will go, it will start running. And he said, and the thing is, when one sheep starts running, all of the sheep start running. They just see one of their brethren or sister running, and they're like, Dad! 
ah, and they run. And they run blindly. And he said this is terrible for them because they, can, they have those little spindly legs. They can break their legs. They can hurt each other. They can get trampled. They can run off of things that they would normally, because they can't see forward. Remember, it's mostly around. So they can run right off of something. And he said if it's lambing season and there are ewes that are pregnant, they can drop their lambs and the babies can die just because of this fear. And I got a video of that that one of y'all sent to me after last week's sermon. It's of some sheep on a train track. I don't, I guess they, you know, they're dumb. I told you that, right? And they got loose and they're in a little tight bunch and a train is coming and mercifully the conductor sees them. And so he's trying to get them off the track so that they don't get hit by the train. And he's startling them, and I want you to notice just what happens. It's a five-minute video. I'm giving you 30 seconds. Let's look at what happens. Oh, my gosh. But are they leaving the train tracks? No, they are not. They are going into the other train track. Oh my gosh, they run. And then they actually end up running more back onto the track. Like he almost had them off the track. It is five minutes of this. <laughs> Enough that he had time to pull out his phone, right? And just say, this is the craziest thing in the world. Um, I show you that just to show you that uh, when sheep are afraid, they have no teeth that can attack, right? They have no claws. The only thing they can do is run. And so, of course, they stand like this, looking. They never lie down because if a predator comes, they have to do the one thing that they can do, which is run, and they don't run in a smart direction, and they can hurt themselves, and they can hurt other sheep. And so this is clearly something that God would cure us of, our fear. So I, I got to talk to a shepherd. I said, well, tell me about a time when your sheep were afraid, and what helped them? And he said, well, there was a time that a pack of stray dogs was terrorizing all of the flocks in the neighborhood. And he said, my sheep would not even lay down at night. They were so scared that the dogs were coming for them. Um, and he said they w started to lose weight and they were getting sick. And I was afraid some of them were going to die because they were so afraid and they weren't sleeping. They were just... And I said, well, what did you do? You know, melatonin? Did you give them a drink? Like what? You know, some pills? He said, well, I got my sleeping bag and my sheepdog and my rifle and I went out and I put my sleeping bag right in the center of the flock in their field, and we all slept there together. And he said, as soon as I was there, they all calmed down and they all bent their knees and they slept because they knew I had them. I was watching them. Did you catch that? How do sheep lay down to sleep? Their shepherd, they know that their shepherd is there in the center of them. How is it that we are freed from fear? Oh, we put our eyes away from whatever predator that is and we look to our shepherd who is always right there next to us. That's how we're free of fear. And the other caring thing that I picked up from that is God as our good shepherd is not only with us, but he knows each of us. 
the things that we keep secret and hidden in our hearts, the fears that stalk us, the times we're up at night worried and afraid, the times that we're getting sick from our fears, God knows the name of that predator and will take care of it for us. We just have to know that he's with us and trust him and say, I'm going to sleep because I know you're watching. Now, a little caveat here about fear, just because I don't want you to walk past rattlesnakes and be like, you know, green pastures is fine, right? There's a little bit there's a little bit of fear in our lives. If we do hear a rattle while we're walking out in the hill country and we get this jolt of fear, we're going to go in the opposite direction, and that's a good thing. If there's some of y'all have told me about when the wildfires came, that jolt of fear that helped you grab the people that you loved and get them to safety. God made us for these momentary flashes where our lives are in danger or where something is happening and we get adrenaline to our brains and we can move, right? But God did not mean for us to be paralyzed and unable to sleep and constantly awash in fear. That is the kind of fear we are being set free from by our shepherds so that we can rest knowing he's got this. And that's why I love God's words to Joshua. It's like an instruction manual for how to not be afraid. Um, A little bit on the the situation that Joshua finds himself in. At the beginning of the book of Joshua, Moses has died. Moses is the only leader God's people have ever known. Moses with the staff and the plagues and confronting Pharaoh and Moses who helped God part the Red Sea, right? And Moses who saw them through 40 years in the desert and who was up on Mount Sinai talking to God Moses, their human shepherd, has died. And they are, the, God's people, they are standing like this on the wrong side of a flooding Jordan River. And I've told you before how terrified the Jewish people are of water, especially a water flooding, right? On the other side is the promised land, but it's also, they know, battles and fortified city and trained soldiers and weapons that they don't have, and we're a bunch of former slaves, and we don't have military training, and we don't have that weapon, and oh my gosh. And so God speaks to their new human shepherd, Joshua, and says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So let's stop right there. We know then if God is saying to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged, that Joshua is both at that moment. He's afraid and he's discouraged. And that should give us permission when we, when we come to that point to know that we're in good company. This is a human thing, but that God doesn't want to leave us there. And the other thing that I realize about this is if God is saying to Joshua, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged, then that's a choice. We don't have to stay in fear and discouragement. We can make a different choice. And God tells Joshua how. He says, don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Like the kids said, every second, every second, in the dark valleys and on the high tablelands, God is with us. And I wanted to share with y'all um, a time in my life that I discovered that afresh. Some of y'all have heard me talk about how w- with the birth, the pregnancy actually of my third child, 
we received, kind of in near the middle, some terrible news in what I thought was a routine test. And it was crushing. Um, they said that the baby had severe health problems that were life-threatening. And sent me to specialists, tons of specialists, more tests. And every time we would go, it got grimmer. And I remember the doctor saying, one of the, the specialists looking at me, he was a very kind man, but he, he also was very straightforward, and, and he knew I was trying to hold on to hope. And he was actually trying to get me to stop. And he said, I want you to understand that your child may not even live. And if he does, he may never know he's alive. And we went home from that, and I can just tell you all those were the darkest, some of the darkest weeks of our lives as a family. And sleep was sometimes easy, and sometimes it was really hard. But I'll tell you that it was hard to hold on to hope. Um, it was hard to find it. And a lot of things from God helped me in that time and helped my family. But one of them, this amazing thing was from Psalm 27. Friends, if you're in a hard time, read the Psalms. This is about people going through hard times. And I was reading the Psalms, and I got to Psalm 27, and it said this. This is at the very end. David is talking about the trials he's going through, and then he says, yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. And that just was like anointing oil in my heart. A promise from God that we don't have to wait for eternity to see his goodness. And y'all, I didn't have an expectation at that point of what shape the goodness would take. Um, I didn't know if it would be a miracle or most likely I was thinking God will walk me through the hardest days of my life, but there will be goodness, not fake goodness, but real goodness. And that was, that was such a blessing to my heart. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He will cause it to happen. And then this verse, the command, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And in that moment, it was like God reminded me that I was waiting for what I feared most. I was waiting for that horrible phone call. I'm sure some of y'all have been waiting on a horrible phone call or for some news or for a message. You know what it's like. It just hangs over you like an ax. That's what I was waiting for. And then I read this verse, Wait patiently for the Lord. I was like, oh. How about instead of waiting for a phone call on Thursday or Friday, I waited to meet Jesus. And I began from that moment to wait to meet my Savior that day. It was like, I know there's this phone call. I know it's heavy. I knew everything about it, but Instead of waiting for disaster or fear or destruction, I was waiting to meet Jesus. 
and I knew he'd be there for me. And y'all, I didn't know how, what shape him being there would take. I didn't know if, if he would meet me there and walk me through the worst days of my life or if there would be something I wasn't expecting. I didn't know, but I'll tell you that all of that darkness, it's like it was pushed out away from me and God's deep peace was mine. And I just waited to meet Jesus. It was a total transformation. And as y'all can see, maybe every Sunday, God met us, Jesus met me that day in a miracle that defied what the doctors were expecting. I tell y'all this story to remind you that the thing that helps sheep lay down and have peace is their savior, their shepherd, the good shepherd. When he's with us, we stop looking at the fear and the darkness and the hurt, and we look at him and we remember, we'll see goodness here, goodness, green pastures in the land of the living. And we're not waiting on destruction. We're not waiting on the predators to come. We're waiting on the Lord. He'll see us through. He'll lead us to those green pastures. And we'll lie down because he's with us. Let's pray. Lord, you know that all of us, all of us are afraid. All of us, like Joshua, get discouraged. All of us have times when hope is so hard to find and the darkness seems to be all around us. Drive it back. Remind us that you are right beside us, that you are bringing green pastures and goodness, that predators and fear do not have the final say in our lives. That belongs to you our good shepherd. Help us to rest knowing your eyes are watching and you are taking care of us. In your amazing name we pray. Amen.